0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to SoCal Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host and your radio biologist. It turns out I'm actually pretty good at determining a person's X and Y chromosomes. I didn't realize this, but uh, I've been going around uh, asking people, and it turns out I'm right, like almost all the time. And it's a remarkable ability, I think, since actually I was not good at biology in high school at all. I was very good at chemistry, and I loved physics. I even took those in college. But uh, not biology, but here I am. I can tell you, man or woman, you know, right. Most of the time, most of the time I can get that right. Somehow I think you can too. Somehow I think there's a lot of politics for just having some fun with that notion. But uh, that's one of the things we do here. We're live in all of Southern California from KTLA, three to five each and every weekday, bringing to you the conversation of what's going on in the world today, what's going on with us for some encouragement, some thought-provoking things, some conversation about the issues of the day, or some ways that we can encourage one another, some ways that we can do some things positively together as believers, for those of us who are believers. And for those of you who are part of our program and our audience, our friends who are uh, not real sure, you're checking us out for different reasons. Maybe you're spiritually curious. Maybe you are Uh, Just looking for something a little bit different, something that takes us a little bit deeper into the humanity of the issues. We try to do a good job with all of that as much as we can. And we'd love to get your phone calls. You can call me today at 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. That's our phone number. You can email me also. I know that uh, for many of you, you can't really just get away and talk on the phone right now. But you can email me, SoCalLive at KKLA.com, and we'll get your comments on the air to our subject matter, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Let us know what's on your mind. On the big show today uh, and next hour, I don't want you to miss this. This will be next hour, the four o'clock hour of our program. I have a couple of guests with me from an organization called ZOE, which is a ministry to kids suffering from human trafficking, and they deal with it around the world, but right here in our town. Don't miss it. Um, you're going to be moved. You're going to be moved by what's going on, and you're also going to be able to help us out. Uh, There's a piece of legislation that we need your help at getting moving that will include human trafficking in the lists of crimes that are defined as serious and violent under California law. Right now it's not. Did you know that? I didn't know that. And it seems kind of shocking, right? But uh, human trafficking, it's slavery of the worst kind. That's going on right now, right under our noses, big time here in Southern California. Lots of kids, little kids, and uh, people get prosecuted for this. Often the sentences and the potential sentences are not serious enough to give witnesses the confidence that they can even come testify it's, a, it's an odd thing, and we need your help. It's shocking, and it needs to be changed, and there's an opportunity to do that. We're going to help you understand how to do that in the next hour at the 4 p.m. hour, so do not go away. Set your alarm. Your alarm, you know, you can say to your Alexa or to your Siri or whatever you use, how many of those things are there now? I just need to, like, have a bunch of them. But say, hey, uh, go, you know, pay attention to Southern California Live at 4 o'clock and make sure you're, you're with us there. You know, it's, it's one of those things that's weird in laws sometimes is uh, sometimes laws don't catch up to the severity of crimes. I remember after 9-11, there was a lot of laws that changed to make uh, acts of terrorism have much stronger penalties. Some of them were even misdemeanors. In fact, I was counseling somebody whose husband, former husband, was in jail but getting out of jail. He was only in there for a short period of time for threatening to blow up her apartment building. Like, Really? And he got a lesser sentence because the bomb he made turned out to not be a functional bomb, so he could not have actually carried it out. Uh, but that's, it was a very a hot thing that it was such a, a small uh, crime to uh, threaten to do something like that, and those laws have changed since then. There's other things that need to happen. We'll talk about that next hour, so do not uh, do not go away. we got a lot to talk about today. This hour, I want to talk about a couple of different subjects, uh, some of the news of the world today. Let's start with that. Today marks one month since the beginning of the war in Ukraine, one month ago, and President Biden is in Brussels meeting with NATO, and this was his assessment today. Go to clip one. Do we have
1: clip number Today one? Today marks one month since Russia began its carnage in Ukraine, the brutal invasion of Ukraine. And uh, we held a NATO summit the very next day. At that time, my overwhelming objective in wanting that summit was to have absolute unity on three key important issues among our NATO and European allies. First was <clears throat> to support Ukraine with military and humanitarian assistance. Second was to impose the most significant the most significant sanctions, economic sanction regime ever in order to cripple Putin's economy and punish him for his actions. Third was to fortify the eastern flank of our NATO allies who were obviously very very concerned and somewhat at worried what would happen. We accomplished all three of these. And today we're determined to sustain those efforts and to build on them.
0: So that was President Biden today talking about one month into the war in Ukraine and what's happening with NATO. It is a it's a global change. It's a incredible change. In a way, it's rolling back the clock in some respects. You know, President Trump was kind of harsh with our NATO allies asking them to pay more money. And some people thought it's odd for him to do that. But actually, it's it's not odd. President Nixon was asking NATO to pay more money. This goes back a long time where after World War II, we were the only ones really who could fund reconstruction of Europe and a whole lot of things because Europe was decimated. And the NATO alliance was very, very important because after the Nazis were defeated, it wasn't very long before we realized that our new enemy would be communism and primarily the Soviet Union, Eastern Bloc nations. And uh, so NATO became a thing and a very, very important thing. But after the fall of the Soviet Union, people began to wonder what NATO's about. And even since the late 60s, the United States has had concerns that we're funding a little bit more of it than we should, where it was necessary after World War II that we fund most of it. But you know over time, nations need to provide for their own defense. And so that's been an issue. We haven't really wanted to touch it. So Nixon went there. Most other presidents really didn't go there. Trump went there and rather dramatic. (laughs) There's a video you can watch where Trump's just going after him about not paying their fair share. But in the process of all of this, a lot of people were also asking, should we even be in NATO? Is NATO even relevant today, relevant today in uh, the 21st century? Well, a month ago in a day, people would have thought even Germany probably should be kicked out of NATO. They're not paying their fair share. And now we see what's going on in, uh, in Ukraine in, the, in a month ago, the buildup before the invasion, and Germany was still buying all the gas and not really interested in helping. Uh, and some people are saying, well, maybe they shouldn't even be a part of NATO. Imagine that. That was a month ago. Today, NATO makes more sense than it has in decades. Today, just a month later, what Putin has accomplished is giving NATO purpose, and in fact, Germany is suddenly actually one of our greatest allies in all of this. They had a complete turnaround, which was accomplished in part by Vladimir Volodymyr Zelensky's uh, bravery in staying put and uh, a couple hundred thousand Germans marching in the streets saying we need to defend Ukraine, and that helped the new German chancellor change the nation's status uh, policies on that It is a remarkable, a remarkable thing. We do not live in the same world that we did a month ago. Geopolitically, Uh, some of you uh, are afraid of uh, a lot and concerned a lot about globalism. Globalism is set back a a long way uh, because of this. And uh, this should not be surprising, I suppose. This is where Putin has been headed for a long time. But that's that's where we are. The situation is still dangerous. There is great atrocity going on in Ukraine. There's a lot of phony baloney stuff, you know, coming out on on all sides. don't believe everything you hear, but it is war. It is terrible. And there is consequence to uh, the war going on. And one of those consequences the president also spoke about today, and maybe this wasn't uh, in your, uh, you know, in your sights, but he's talking about food shortages, mostly, mostly that will affect Europe and uh, some other parts of the the world, particularly on the other hemisphere, because Russia and Ukraine, about 29 percent of the world's wheat supply comes from those two countries. And it's looking like the uh, harvest is not going to happen this year because of the war and because of sanctions and other things. And that's going to affect everybody. It will affect us to a certain degree. Uh, Play clip number two, Wilbur. This is President Biden today on uh, the subject of food shortages.
1: With regard to food shortage, yes, we did talk about food shortages. And and it's going to be real. The the price of these sanctions is not just imposed upon Russia. It's imposed upon an awful lot of countries as well, including European countries and our country as well. And uh, because both uh, Russia and Ukraine have been the breadbasket of Europe in terms of wheat, for example. Just give one example.
0: All right. So there you go. That's just one example. And the president didn't elaborate a whole lot at this point on how it might affect us here in the United States. How are you feeling about this and things? You want to join the conversation? Give me a call here at SoCal Live, 888-528-2557. That is the phone number, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. You know, as he talked about that, I thought, what does that What does that mean, food shortages, you know, for us? I don't think it means that we're going to go starving. I think it means that we're not going to have some of the items that we're used to having, though. That could happen for a while. It's definitely going to happen in Europe. Uh, It's definitely going to affect the Middle East. It's going to affect Asia to a certain degree, I think, um, and Africa to maybe a lesser degree. But uh, it's pretty significant, and it will affect us everywhere. We're still having supply problems just from COVID. Supply problems, food shortages. Have you gone into some place in the last couple of years and they just didn't have it? Remember when COVID was new and you'd go into the stores and all the empty shelves? And we're still dealing with empty shelves. um, And we're not starving to death. I mean, it tells you how much plenty we have. Uh, We may not have your favorite condiment. I remember I couldn't get soy sauce for a while. Uh, Recently, I couldn't get cream cheese. Did you know that there was a recent cream cheese uh, shortage affecting bagel eaters everywhere? and uh that is uh, back, I think. And once in a while, you see just a whole section of things gone in the grocery store. So we're going to have that now that's related to the war. Um, I don't think we should be worried about it, but I think we should understand that it's about war, and I think we should be cognizant of the fact that um the world is out of our control, that this is not out of God's control. God is not surprised by this, and we should be aware of how the world now needs each other so globalism from kind of a political policy is going to be hindered by a lot of this for a while because probably we're going to be less likely to trade with russia at least for a while europe is going to have to make some pretty serious decisions about where they're going to get their gas and energy and uh it's a uh it's, the world is just changing the world is just changing right right in front of our eyes 888-528-2557 mark in canoga park Welcome to SoCal Live. How you doing, Mark? Or Maria, I'm sorry, Maria.
2: Mark? Maria.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, you're Maria. Sorry, Maria. I read Mark, and I, I read it, it right. wrong. I'm sorry. Right after I said I, I understand X and Y chromosomes, I got it wrong.
2: Yeah, the chromosome part, huh? I think we should be concentrating right. on um, building America back up to where we were energy efficient and independent. That way, we could have a strong country, and then we can help support other countries. What I have to say about all of this is this. If you see a person drowning in the pool and you don't save him, you know what happens? You end up sometimes eventually drowning yourself. So um, for and us... Do you, mean, do you
0: mean that there's no one left to save you?
2: Yeah, there's no one left to save us. And this could be the start of World War III. There's been a lot of predictions that 2022 is is the end. I wouldn't be surprised if Putin does go um, beyond the borders and tries to get Europe. And I think that Mm -hmm. that would be a great concern for us. And if we don't develop our own sources of energy and our own food, you know, organically or however farming, but without the fertilizer, we're having a big problem here, too. So as soon as yeah. we started selling ourselves out, we sort of omitted any possibility for us to be independently wealthy. I mean, we're wealthy, but the only wealth that is going around is the wealth to the rich. And we have to concern <clears throat> ourselves with the Ukrainians, with them. You know, they're homeless now. They're all homeless. They, they have nowhere yeah. to go. That might happen to us really soon. So, you know, I think we have to look forward to the future what could be the outcome of this and once we know the outcome or we can you know plan that he's going to do this which may definitely happen we should prepare for the worst
0: prepare for the worst and we should we should hope for the best and maybe uh, make some good corrections i mean i think maybe this is an opportunity for us to stop arguing about some things that i think are fairly obvious um yeah, and uh, take some leadership
2: you know, Right. We want to go forward in a direction that's going to save energy and everything else like that. But we have to do it independently, and then we can concern ourselves of how others are doing it. You know, right. right now, we're, we're back in the same spot we were before. And, of course, people are going to fight over these things. Yeah. But we learn from history. History has taught us that these fights deplete the population. Unless that's what the ultimate plan is. All right,
0: Maria, thank you very much for your call and for calling us today in SoCal Live. The number is 888-528-2557. We're talking about the one-month anniversary of what's going on in Ukraine and uh, President Biden's statements about NATO today, which were very positive, and uh, his his statement about food shortages that he didn't elaborate on, but he is saying – that we may uh, deal with some of that. And how do we respond? I think that when war hits, as Maria was saying, you know, we, we have the ability as a nation to be self-sustaining probably in every level, including food, uh, including energy and all of those things. There is value to trade with other nations. And I think that matters a whole lot. That's really, really important to do that. But I I think that we've we've ignored the fact that there are tyrants. There are totalitarian governments that just simply are not going to think the way we think. And some wise person a long time ago said this about war. He said that the reason for war has always been the same in every war. He said war is theft. And it's one kingdom taking stuff that belongs to another kingdom. That's what it is. It's theft. And uh, it's probably uh, a simplistic way to look at it. But that's what we're looking at. Uh, that is, you know, part of the Soviet goal of Soviet. I still I still just go back to that. See, my brain has just moved us right back into uh, Cold War times. The Russian point of view um, is one of paranoia. I think some of what Putin's rhetoric is is uh, legitimately how some Russians feel that they're under threat from NATO, like NATO attacking. And, uh, you know, there's certainly a lot of things that can be said about that. But the irony of all of this is probably at the end of this, NATO is now strengthened, where NATO was pretty weak and NATO was wondering why we even have this coalition. Uh, is it a relic of the past? Suddenly it is once again necessary. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the number. Maria talked about um, refugees from Ukraine, and the president also announced today that 100,000 refugees would be accepted in the United States from Ukraine. Many of those will likely be resettled here in Southern California and uh, different cities around the United States. It's usually we do that through uh, the United Nations, a uh, couple of governmental organizations. There are some cities that receive a lot of, of refugees from other countries. San Diego is one of those cities here in Southern California that receives a lot. And so you'll find there's one neighborhood in uh, San Diego, similar neighborhood in Los Angeles, where about 40 different languages are spoken because people come from all over, the, all over the place. This gives us an opportunity also as the church to help people. Um, you know, when people come to this country under this kind of duress, they are brought here and they are given help for three to six months, depending on the program, depending on where they're from. But that's it. And they're kind of on their own. And it's really complicated if you are brought from a culture that doesn't have um, first world um, amenities. So it'll be a little bit easier for Ukrainians to come here. They'll be able to find some community uh, relatively quickly. But there will be a lot of help, uh, a lot of people who need our help. And that's going around the world. And I know people feel differently about whether we should be bringing people in or not. But whatever, once the decision is made, once the decision is made, whether we're bringing people in or not, whoever makes that decision, it's not us or we get to vote on people once every couple of years and then decisions get made. We still have an obligation to take care as Christians, to take care of those people who are in need and to support support widows and orphans. And we're going to have a lot of widows and orphans coming over here from Ukraine, whose fathers, in most cases, sometimes moms, uh, sometimes both, passed away in this war or who are going to be stuck over there in war uh, for quite some time. It's going to be a challenge for our cities and opportunities for us as believers to Bless each other that way and to serve people. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Um, Do you feel nervous when you hear this about food shortages and all of this? You know, I would just encourage you. We've kind of gone through that the last couple of years. Uh, we are still blessed and a nation of plenty. We throw away more food than some countries have to eat all the time. So we're in pretty good shape, pretty good shape. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. 528 2557 Do you think that Biden saying that's going to cause everyone to run to Costco real quick and buy them out of everything? Remember the, the, the great toilet paper run? What are people going to do uh, this time? Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know if we're going to see it in the same way, but don't worry. Uh, the Lord is in charge and in hard times, this is where the church shines. And if you can keep in mind that our purpose here is not to be comfortable, Our purpose here is to realize that we're here to help. We're here to represent Christ. We're here to point in the direction of Christ and salvation. And the ultimate solution to all of this is Jesus Christ. The ultimate reason for all of the difficulties is because of sin and the fall of mankind. What that resulted in, Jesus has given us the way out. This is our opportunity, my friends, in the church to shine whenever there are hard times, when there are people in need. There's always people in need. And I think sometimes we get too comfortable. I think God sometimes allows these things to happen, to shake us up, to get us busy doing the work of the kingdom of God. And we're going to have new opportunities. And I think one of those those opportunities also is to not be afraid, not to hoard ourselves, but to share what we have, to build people up, to be encouraging, to let people know that there is always hope in the Lord. Matthew 6, Jesus says, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things. You and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All of these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. Isn't that great that Jesus, right now, we can go back to his words, and if we're worried about what shall we eat or what shall we drink, what shall we wear he says, don't worry about it. He's present. He's going to take care of you and he will. So what can we do together? 888-528-2557. This is the Thursday edition of SoCal Live. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned.
3: Welcome back, everybody.
0: SoCal Live, Scott Furrow with you today on this fine, warm, wonderful, wonderful spring afternoon here in Southern California. It's good to be with you. Number is 888-528-2557. If you'd like to call and join the conversation, 888-528-2557. Before the break, we were talking about one-month anniversary of the war and responding to some of the announcements that President Biden made today. The goals of NATO up to this point being reached, and and uh, that is a remarkable thing, considering a month ago people thought maybe NATO shouldn't exist, and now it's maybe more purposeful than it has been in 30 or 40 years. And then he talked about food shortages. We talked about that, how we might be expecting that. I don't think it'll be major, but I think it'll be empty shelves uh, that uh, we'll be seeing in a COVID sort of way, like we've been used to with COVID and the supply problems and all of that. But Europe is going to have, I think, much harsher supply problems because most of the wheat and a whole lot of things uh, come from Ukraine and Russia that they no longer have. And we're also talking about refugees. We're going to have at least 100,000 Ukrainian refugees here. I guess last I looked, four or five million Ukrainians have left the country so far and uh, they're streaming out. So uh, you know, five million people in a migration in a month. Um, That's that's humongous. That's bigger than we've ever seen. I think. 888-528-2557. Mark from Los Angeles. Welcome to Southern California Live.
3: Yes, not Maria. That's right. Not
0: Maria, but I must have had some premonition or something that you would be calling because I called Maria you know Mark what? earlier.
3: If that's supposed to be the case then God's will be done. That's
0: right. I guess I guess so. What's on your mind, Mark?
3: Well, it just seems like there could be something that could happen that would allow this issue to be done today if everybody listened to each other and if everybody cared about one another and if everyone chose to do good and avoid sin. Mm -hmm. Does any of that sound wrong?
0: Well, I think all of that is right. I think that the problem is is that... The people, particularly people in in great power, but lots of other people, choose not to avoid sin, and we choose to hate each other, and that's that gets us where we're at I mean Putin could just pull out and say, "You know this was wrong, and I'm out, and i'm going to help rebuild ukraine and there could be a you know a there could be a a reconciliation maybe over time if that happens, but I don't think that's his goal.
3: Well, so, well, what about God's goal? What's the, what's the big idea? What's God's plan right now? What do you
0: think? Yeah. Well, you know, tell me, what do you think it is? I'll give you my thought here. What are you, where are you coming from?
3: Well, the reason I ask is because it just seems like we're asking the wrong questions. It seems like we're talking to the wrong people. It seems like we're not praying enough for God's will to be done. Hmm. It doesn't seem like that is on the forefront of a lot of people's minds. And if we could somehow switch that yeah it might might change something i don't know because i'm not god but right that might sound cool it's happening for a reason let's just say that
0: for sure it's happening for a reason for sure god is not surprised that putin did this thank you for your call mark appreciate that and i think a good thought let me give you maybe two thoughts that have come to mind with all of this one thought is that everything that happens in world history is taking us to a point where there will be a return of christ and the justice of the kingdom of god will be done at that point that we have a we have a word from god that tells us how things are going to ultimately end and we have to be really careful about sort of connecting the dots with the prophecies that are in there and saying okay this is that and this is that and there's a lot of believers out there who've gotten a lot of trouble doing that because suddenly you do that and now you're saying well now it is the end times we're in the the tribulation or jesus is coming back on a certain date Um and then it doesn't happen and then you look like a fool. And you shouldn't have been there because Jesus said nobody knows the time or date. Uh but don't be deceived. So there there is no doubt that number one, God is in control. It's not confused about why all this is happening. If it got really terrible, let's say nuclear weapons are used and they're worried about that. Um let's say chemical weapons or other atrocities are done that are just that's just shocking beyond belief. God is also not out of control that History is going to take us to a place where God's plan will play out for all of history, just will. I've been encouraging people to read your Bible and read the prophecies. Just read through Revelation. It's not all of prophecy. There's actually more about the return of Christ and what that means in the Old Testament than there is in the New. But I think for a lot of us, you could just sit down with your Bible, read through Revelation, read it through, beginning to end. Take you a couple hours. Do it on an afternoon, Sunday afternoon. Read Read it through. You won't understand every piece in there. There are parts in there that nobody understands for sure. There are parts in there where we're pretty sure what this means, but we'll have to wait and see until that happens. And the people who are around during that time, they will know. But I promise you, as you go through that book and you get to the end, you will not be confused about what happens. You won't know the specific details, times and dates, those kinds of things. There'll be lots of speculation, and it's fun to do that. But do not miss the big point. Jesus is going to come back and Babylon is going to fall. Jesus is going to come back and the devil is going to be defeated. And all of the schemes of the evil one will be brought to the surface. They will be clear. And the evil one and everybody who follows the evil one who makes that choice, not people who are, you know, people are going to make a choice. People are going to make a cognizant choice whether or not to follow Jesus or follow the devil. And the ones who follow the devil are going to die in the second death. That's what the book of Revelation is going to tell us. Lake of fire, right? That's where that comes from. And the people whose name is written in the book of life, they get to go and be ultimately in a new heaven and a new earth. And there will be no more sadness, no more tears. And you know, one of the great things about this book is you see the justice of God prevails in the end. There's this amazing passage. uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I want to say chapter six or seven, where there's these martyrs, Christian martyrs, which today we have more martyrs than at any time in Christian history, by the way, who are crying out to God, when will you avenge our our martyrdom? See, it's up to God to do that. And he tells them to wait because the number of people who are going to be martyred hasn't come to that number yet. But eventually it does. And God comes back and there is great justice. By the end, chapters 19, 20, 21, you have the justice of God playing out where the evils that governments have done is going to be exposed and they will be punished. The evils of of systems and the evils of everything that we've tried to do to be perfect or to shut out God or to do anything that's outside of, of the kingdom of God, all that gets revealed and justice is done. Ultimate kingdom of God, cosmic justice, it is done. That's where history is going. And when you read that book, you read your Bible my friends. And if you're not a believer right now, you don't have Bible, download the Bible app, you can go get Revelation right now. Just read it. More than half the book, you're going to go say, what? What does this mean? And there are, there are tools to describing it because part of the Old Testament has come true. And you can take these symbols and go, well, it meant that then in history, it probably will mean something similar in the future. So there, there are tools to really study it. But you will not miss the point that God is going to win, that Jesus Christ will return and every knee will bow and you're going to see that Israel is involved and if you've ever wondered why is Israel a country today why did Israel become a country in 1948 what is significant of that there's so many so many amazing things that this book will answer just in a casual read you will you will be encouraged secondly maybe to your point mark what can we do now this is why i think the church as we take a look at what's going on we need to evaluate what we're doing now the first part of the book of revelation The first three chapters are letters to churches, where I think what happens is Jesus is going to give John, as the story, the Apostle John, who's with Jesus, has given this vision of the end times, of what's going to happen at the end. But Jesus wants to make sure that we don't look forward to that without acknowledging that right now in the present, we have a job to do as the church, uh, as this this age of the church where we are here, we are the body of Christ here, and we have a job to do. And one of the things he tells us to do, and reminds the church to do, is to not forget about our first love, that our first love is Christ, that we are to love people the way Christ loves the church, that we have a role in society um, to represent the kingdom of God. And we do this in our actions, we do this in our worship, we do this in our um, compassion for people. We do this in our speech. We do this with uh, the, the wisdom and discernment that we get through the Holy Spirit. You can do a sermon on each one of these for weeks. And you know, you're know going to read these these seven churches okay, that are described there, and you're going to read one of them and you go, oh, that's my church. That's our problem. And you're going to read something else and you're going to go, well, I've heard about that church. That's this problem over here. And you realize that now we have this opportunity. And I think what the the craziness of the past couple of years, I do believe, I believe strongly, and I want you to be optimistic about this, is that God is stirring things up in the church. And Mark is right that if people did the right thing, we wouldn't be in this mess. A lot of the problems that we have is that we are looking all over the place to find what might be true uh, outside of what God has given us. I was listening to another program today. I haven't looked this up. I might do this in a future thing, but I guess that there are there is something called radical monogamy that maybe if you're younger you're practicing this. Where younger people have decided that some younger people are practicing radical monogamy, which essentially is biblical monogamy, but it's been rediscovered and it's not your grandparents monogamy because they were, you know, influenced by religion or the wrong things. It's we've figured out that maybe uh having relations, sexual relations with only one person for life is the right thing. And it's kind of funny because for thousands of years, the Bible has pointed that out, that that's the way to do it. Uh, And eventually what happens is generations have to come back around to the truth, the truth of how things really work in this world that we're in. And maybe this generation is going to come around to that. They need to come around to the, the recognition that actually God told you that a long time ago. You didn't have to figure it out for yourself. You just trust God that he's right. And even if you have some reservations, if you trust God, you follow him anyway, and then you find out he's right. Where are you at with trusting God, my friends? Where Where are you at with this? Do you trust him? If you do, there it will affect your life. It will affect how you relate to people. It will affect your relationship to everything you see on the news. And you won't worry. Instead, you'll have mission and purpose. And I promise you, you will you will make your world better. Maybe you won't impact the whole world, but you have a relational world. Your family, your friends, your roommates, your classmates, your co-workers, the people on your street, that is your world. That's where you live. And when you follow Jesus, when you're concerned about the souls of all of those people, when you're concerned about your reflection of Christ in your life, you make the world better, your world better. And when your whole church is doing that, when it becomes about them and not about us, when it becomes about how do we How do we help the people that God has placed in our relational world? You suddenly make your whole neighborhood better, your whole church better. And when churches are doing that, it makes the city better. It makes the county better. It makes the state better. It's revolutionary what happens when people actually choose to follow Jesus. And we've seen this over and over again in history. That's why we're here ultimately as as a country. And if you're worried about our country, um, our struggles are because we've abandoned some of that, but maybe we're going to get it back. Maybe we're gonna be shaken up enough to realize that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and we'll have a, a great revival once again. That is possible, and we should hope for that if it is God's will. Should we should we tarry? Should the Lord not be returning at this moment? That's what will happen, and if the Lord is returning, then amen, Jesus, come, come now. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the number. This is the Thursday edition of SoCal Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back with you in just a couple of moments. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you today. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join the conversation. We've been uh, talking about the month-long war in Ukraine, what that means for us, and then talking about prophecy and what Christians can do and things like that. I want to remind you at the top of the hour, when we come back at 4 o'clock, we're going to change the subject, and I have some guests on today who are going to talk about human trafficking, and it's going to move you, but it's also going to give you an opportunity for how you can help get some legislation passed here in California that we need that will really help kids. We're going to give you some numbers to call and a petition to sign, and, and you know, we talk about the the things that go on in the world that are difficult, and we just, you know, had this little conversation about, well, what do we You know, what can we do to help? And I don't know if you hear about the Ukraine stuff. It's a little hard to know what to actually do. And some of the things that we are uh, that we'll discuss on the news, complicated issues of the day, it's hard to know how to respond. Well, what I'm happy to say is that there are times when we really can, like with the Ukrainian refugees and other refugees who come to our our country from around the world. Whatever you think about that issue politically, whether you think we should be doing that or not, you might have an opinion, but at the end of the day, the refugees are still here, and they need our help, and we are called to go serve them, not just serve if it fits our political persuasion, but if the people are here who need help, we are to go do it. In fact, it really is a great encouragement in the Christian life to help other people. Philippians 2, 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not to his own interest, not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And yet you know, when we do that, the church is on fire. When the, when we do that, the church is just roaring to go and we are blessed and people get saved and people say, I want that, I want what you have. Tell me what you have, you tell me about Jesus. um And when you're serving people, when you consider other people as, as more significant than yourselves. I mean, before Jesus, we all stand the same, condemned without Christ, and, and with Christ we are saved by faith, whether you're rich or poor, whatever your ethnicity is, wherever you're from, whatever language you speak, whatever your education is. But when we're all lifting each other up, everything gets better. And we just have so much to do there. So I want to encourage you to, to do that and to be thinking about those things. And if you're worried when we hear the president talk about food shortages or you're worried about the war or the potential of weapons of mass destruction and other things, every single day there are people who we can love, the people that God has placed in your life. I like to call that group of people your oikos. The New Testament uses that word. Your oikos is typically 8 to 15 people, my mentor likes to say, and – uh he got that from some sociological study, that there's probably eight to 15 people that you interact with on a regular basis, any person, and those are the people who know you the best. Love those people. Consider those people uh, more significant, the need their needs more significant than yours, even if they're not. You you do that, and they'll, you know the way it works is you're in their oikos too. Part of being in the church is that we build each other up. Part of the reason to be part of a congregation in the church is that we build each other up that way. So I want to encourage you that way. 888-528-2557. We have a couple of minutes if you want to call. You know, my wife is a great encourager. Can I tell you that? I got a text from her today and it's because I I fixed the printer, our printer in our house, and I got a gold star. She said, "Thank you. You're a um, you are amazing." She said, "Yahoo!" with two exclamation points. You are amazing. Again, two exclamation points because I fixed the printer. See, our, our printer, which is relatively new, has had a paper jam for a couple of weeks, and we haven't been able to use it. And we have a lot going on where we need to be using the printer. Not only do we have a couple of kids with homework, but we have some projects that we're dealing with. Uh, my wife's mother passed away a couple of months ago. and We're dealing with the estate. There are things to print, and we haven't been able to do that, and it's been irritating. And I tried to fix this. She knows that I tried to fix this a couple of weeks ago. and uh, But here's the thing. There's something that my wife doesn't know. Should I tell her just between you and me, just between you and me, when she calls me amazing? Because this morning I did it. I fixed the printer. I finally fixed the paper jam that for two weeks we haven't been able to use it. And she's so proud of me. I'm probably going to get a big kiss when I get home and it's just going to be amazing, right? And uh, Because I fixed the printer. and uh, But there's something she doesn't know. And here's what it is. I uh, I spent two hours trying to fix this paper jam a couple weeks ago. And, you know, I pulled a little bit too hard on the paper that was jammed in there and it tore in half. So now there's smaller pieces stuck in the thing. So I go underneath it and I take the panel off and I'm tearing off little pieces at a time. And it's not working. It's just completely stuck in there. And I can't find anything else other than short of unscrewing things and really taking this printer apart. I can't do it. And I ask her for some tweezers, and I get the tweezers because I wouldn't know where the tweezers are. (laughs) And I'm tweezing out pieces of paper. And I think I got it, and I put paper back in. Nope, it's still jammed. Now I got more paper jammed, and it was a horrible experience. And I kept taking out little pieces. Finally, I got it to shoot out like a big chunk of paper that was torn off in there. Still, it won't work. And finally, with a flashlight, I was able to see a big piece of paper in there that just stuck, and I can't get it out. And so we've been talking about this for for a few days. Maybe we're going to have to get a new printer. Can we do the warranty? Will they take it back? What's the deal here? And I just haven't gotten around to it because I spent two hours. Well, this morning, right before I left the house, I decided to look in the manual, which I had not done before. And apparently what I discovered, I actually went on YouTube and found the manual online and I discovered that in 15 seconds I can take the back panel off, take the paper out, and everything works. I could have fixed the whole thing in 15 seconds. So the truth is about my adventure with the printer is that I could have fixed it in 15 seconds, not in two weeks and 15 seconds. Do I let her know that, or do I just continue to be amazing with two exclamation points? It's one of those marital dilemmas that I have now. Maybe you can help me with that. You can email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Is it important that I reveal this to my wife? She might be listening, but um, she also might be taking care of the kids right now, and uh, she'll let me know when I get home. What, what should I do? Do, you, do we reveal those things, or do we just take the gold star, guys? Uh, I'll, I'll have to let you know another time. This is Southern California Live. I am Scott Froe and I'm pleased to be your host on such a, a beautiful day today. And in a few minutes, we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about child slavery right here in our own our own backyard. And we're going to talk about what to do about it. It's a serious topic, but we have a couple of guests with us. And, uh, I think it's going to be moving. So I want you to, to stay tuned and pay attention to it. And I also, uh, want to let you know that we have a podcast of this program. If there's ever an hour that you want to get and, uh, maybe you called, you want to hear yourself on the radio because we always want you to turn, uh, your radio down when you're calling in because there's a, like a, you know, a few second delay. You ever hear that echo? That's because you need to turn your radio down when you call in. Mostly you want to come and you want the, uh, the, the fantastic, uh, um, camaraderie that we have as believers right here as a church family, as a family at KKLA, as a family of believers and a family of listeners, go to KKLA.com, look up SoCal Live, this website, look to the program guide, pick up Southern California Live or SoCal Live. There's a podcast there. You can always get it. Usually is on there uh, not too long after the show airs. So you can do that. Also, when you go to kkla.com, or if you're listening uh, elsewhere in Southern California, if you are in San Diego, you can go to kprz.com. There's an opportunity for you to connect also with listeners around the Southland. And that's something that is great about Christian radio. Something that we have together is that we come from different backgrounds, different churches, different traditions, and we can encourage one another. We can go back to our, our own churches and encourage fellow believers who might be Discouraged right now, who might be very fearful. We've had that conversation a lot on our program about so much fear that we feel, even as believers, during this time. I hope that as we get together every day here from three to five at SoCal Live, that we encourage each other, that we are able to build each other up, that we are just full of of hope. That's why I like to have some fun and, and joke around about some things, but get very serious about some things. And, you know, I think it helps to be together. Philippians chapter 4, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. My friends, if you've experienced that peace of God that transcends all understanding, I think you know what that is. And it's it's hard to explain. You know why? Because it transcends all understanding. There's not really words for it. You experience it when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And when you're going through something that might be causing the anxiety, uh, causing the difficulty or causing concern, or maybe you're sick or whatever, when you present with thanksgiving by prayer and petition, your prayer requests to God. When you do this, there is a peace of God and there is a purpose of God. There is the presence of God, and you know this. Can I encourage you, if you don't know Jesus Christ, ask questions. Push away a lot of the clutter that is church, a lot of the clutter that is politics. Maybe you've had bad experiences. I understand that. Uh, I'd love to help you with that. You can email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. We want you to know Jesus. We want you to know that he is the way, the truth, and the life, just like he said. This is the Thursday edition of SoCal Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back in just a couple of moments. Stay tuned.